don't know about the rest of you if you have any special skills, but uh, I'm pretty good at watching TV. And <clears throat> got a remote here. It's got uh, 50 different buttons on the remote, and uh, it's also uh, well worn. And it uh, unfortunately it has micro print on it. And so sometimes there's features that I want to access on the remote, and I'm kind of looking at that thing. And uh, uh, the good news is there's this. Uh, maybe you have a remote uh, like this that you can use, and um, it has buttons on there that are very obvious and very easy to see. It's a programmable remote, so um, when I'm sitting there and uh, I want to uh, make a change, you know, I can I can wrestle uh, and and fight and try to squint and see and make a change using this, uh, or there is this. And it's very obvious and it's very clear. Uh, you don't have to do a lot of guesswork. It, I can see the change that I want to make. And that is why we have communion here at church every Sunday. We want to magnify what has been done for us. Uh, every Sunday we have communion. And sometimes that can be a bit trite because we just do it the same way all the time. But the reason that we as a church have communion every Sunday in the middle of the service is to bring it to the forefront of why we are here, to magnify it. We are all sinners. We all deserve the consequence of our sin. But God said, I have a plan to remove your sin from you and to wipe that out and to prepare you to be with me for all of eternity. And that plan is what Jesus did on the cross. And so Jesus, when he was together with his disciples, he said, before I go up into heaven, there's something I want to introduce to you. And I want to remind you that my body will be broken for you. And he did that in the emblems of the bread. He said, my body will be shed for you. And he did that through the emblems of the, the wine. And he says, when you get together, remember what I have done for you. And so right now, we want to magnify what Jesus has done for us. Here's what we know. We are sinners saved by the blood of Jesus. In just a moment here, I'm going to pray. And uh, if you don't already have uh, the emblems of communion with you, there's a table over here on the side, one in the back, and one over here on this side. And after prayer, you're welcome to just walk. Go pick up the emblems. You can take them over there, or you can bring them back to where you're seated and take them there and enter into a time of communion. But let's pray together. Father, uh, sometimes we want to make changes, and we don't know how. Father, uh, sometimes we go through life and are really busy, 
Don't think much about who you are or what you've done for us. So, Father, we ask right now that you would help us to connect our hearts to you. That we would breathe deep and soak in the forgiveness that comes from you. That we would feel made new in the fact that we are made new. That we would be motivated to live for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before I start into the sermon, I just want to make a couple of announcements. Uh, first being um, for offering. Uh, if you uh, would like to and are able to give to uh, contribute to the ministry of the church, and uh, if you're a Christian and you're a believer in Jesus and you want to be obedient uh, to him, uh, there is a box that is out here in the lobby which has an offering box in it, and that's the way we have been taking up offerings since COVID started. There's, there's a box back there. You can, it says offering on it. You can put it in there. Otherwise, if you look at your bulletin, you can see that there are other ways that you can give online. And so we would ask that you would give uh, to the ongoing ministry of the church. The next announcement that I would like to make is that at this time, for those children that are four years old through fourth grade, if you would like to go now to, um, uh, to kids' church, uh, that's open and available, and you're welcome to head that way if you want to be a part of Kids Church and and uh, not sit here through old guy sermon, but want to be a part of Kids Church, uh, you're welcome to do that. And um, then uh, last announcement is check your announcements. In your bulletin, there are a lot of things that are there in your bulletin. Uh, there are upcoming events that uh, are happening uh, for the church. And some of them are at the church and some of them are not, but we want you to be aware of those. And so having said that, it is now time to start the sermon.
and that's met with laughter. It's like, <laughs> that's holy cow. That's what has. So, yeah, it's time to start the sermon, and everybody starts laughing. All right, well, good to know. All right, I got to get my resume together this weekend. Uh, hey, listen, um, so here's where we're at. A few weeks ago, we started on this uh, sermon series that uh, uh, we call Be Like Jesus. And we said the church is to kind of be like a copy machine, right? That uh, we would come in here, uh, that we would be exposed to the light, and that we would be uh, kind of spit out of here looking more like Jesus. Looking more like Jesus. That's what the church is for. We want to be uh, like Jesus. And then here's the next slide. Here's kind of a list of things. And we said uh, Jesus was baptized, and so I want to be like Jesus. Uh, he was baptized, and so I want my baptism to look like his baptism. And then a couple weeks ago, uh, Jesus was tempted, and, when, and so we learn from his temptation about how we might uh, tackle temptation. And then this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, the fact that Jesus suffered, and we too are going to experience suffering in life. And so we're going to talk about suffering, suffering, uh, suffering. And so why would we talk about uh, suffering? And here's, here's really a good reason to talk about suffering, is because here's the truth. We are not going to get through life without suffering. Suffering is a part of life. In fact, suffering seems to be built into life. Um, you know, all of us, uh, we don't get out of this life alive, right? And so uh, we have been to the funeral of people that... Uh, we love and uh, we know that uh, the people that are around us are eventually all going to die and so it seems like built into life is this idea that uh, we're going to suffer and uh, we've all had uh, pets that we've uh, liked and they you know died and and that's sad and so it seems like built right into life is this idea that suffering is a part of life and then uh, sometimes we say well not only is suffering built into this life uh, but we also know that suffering sometimes seems very random and it's puzzling that way why is it random? Why is it sometimes that, uh, well, that person, um, uh, that person is suffering with cancer, but I'm not suffering with cancer. Or why am I suffering with cancer and that person is not uh, suffering uh, with cancer? And, and so it seems uh, just a sort of out of place and it seems a little bit uh, bizarre and seems uh, a little bit like, you know, people struggle with mental health issues and some people are uh, just healthy and able and other people are not uh, healthy and able and some people people suffer later in life as their mind sort of drifts away and other people, uh, their minds are very sharp but their bodies drift away from them and, and suffering seems random seems random but there's also suffering that it just seems like uh, we know why we're suffering because ultimately we have brought it on ourselves. so you see people that make choices to hurt other people and people get DUIs and maybe they've crashed into somebody else or they go down the road of drugs and they've sort of burned through all of their money and they steal from people that they care about in order to support a habit and you've seen things like that happen in life and sometimes suffering it just seems to come from decisions that we have made in our own life suffering is all around us a lot of the time Fits of rage, we bring it upon ourselves. Here's the good news Jesus fully understands suffering, He comprehends it better than we do. Think about it. Jesus, 
He was misunderstood by his family. His own brothers denied who he was until later they came around. His hometown rejected him. Maybe you have had experiences that are like that. He was mocked. He was criticized. He was betrayed. He was beaten. He was spit on. He was nailed to the cross. The Bible tells us that Jesus sweat blood over the fact that he was going to be doing something for us, and it was hard for him, and if there was another way, he would have preferred it, but he suffered through it. Jesus fully understands suffering. What's interesting about the fact that Jesus fully understands suffering is that then the Bible communicates to us something that Jesus knew about suffering, that maybe we need to learn about suffering, and where Jesus put suffering in the chain of events of his life. This is what the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says. Jesus, Paul writes the book of Hebrews, I believe, and scholars say, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross. There was something that there was something that he he was leapfrogging his mind over the cross to get something that was on the other side of the cross that he focused on more than uh, the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. How did Jesus endure suffering? He had an attitude and a mindset that looked beyond the suffering that he was in. And the Bible says that we can do the same. In fact, listen to what Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4 says. We also rejoice in. Say in. Everybody say in. Okay, now what's interesting about this word in, uh, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's talking about the fact that the apostles, you know, the the Apostle Paul endured many kinds of sufferings, and uh, he too, like Jesus, was uh, sort of chased after, and people uh, beat him, and and, uh, he was shipwrecked, and uh, he had to swim around in the the sea for several days while he was waiting uh, for the the current to just kind of blow him into the uh, shores, and he was put in jail, and he was put in stocks, and then he was freed, and then... He was put back in, and he was freed, and he was put back in, and uh, he had uh, endured uh, lots and lots and lots of suffering. And listen to what Paul says. He says, "We also rejoice in our sufferings." He, he's not saying we are rejoicing for our suffering. I'm so grateful that I get to have this. I'm I'm not grateful for my suffering. He said, said, I'm rejoicing in my suffering. He said, not because I am suffering, but in my suffering. Not that I have suffered, but in my suffering. So it's going to happen. Suffering happens in life. We all experience it at some uh, point uh, down the road of our life. And he says, in my suffering, I know what I'm going to do. I know what I've trained myself to do. I am going to rejoice in my suffering. He says, 
So we also rejoice in our suffering. Why? Because we know it's a mental thing. We know. We have made up our mind. We understand that suffering produces, and then here's the outline, it, pr- it produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. We know we have an eternal perspective when we say we are going to be able to endure suffering for what is to come. We know God can handle everything that comes our way. Suffering happens. Suffering does come. So, how do we go through life better understanding suffering? Well, write this down. Suffering produces Perseverance. Write that down. Suffering produces perseverance. And then, you know, that sounds like good verbiage, you know, maybe a little slogan there. What does it mean that suffering produces perseverance? God uses suffering to teach us to handle pressure. God uses suffering to teach us how to handle pressure. And that is the opposite of panic. Handling pressure is the opposite of panic. Aren't you glad that when you are in an airline, uh, you know, you're, you're, an airline, you're in an airplane, and uh, then the, oh, they come over the radio and they will say to you, we're going to be experiencing some turbulence, and uh, uh, that you, you're not hearing panic, but you're hearing calm. Aren't you glad that the pilot's not up there going, well, I've never done this before. I didn't know this was going to happen. Is there anybody back there that would want to come up and take the wheel right now because, you know, or, yeah, take the yoke. We, we, they've trained for it. They understand. They've been through it before. They Suffering. You have to suffer because that helps you to learn how to handle it. It is the opposite of panic. We can either panic or persevere. What do you think God wants you to do in your suffering? Panic or persevere? God is not a God of chaos. He's not a God of disorder. Look at the way all of the planets are held together and the way that they move like a fine orchestra that is tuned. Does God want you to panic Or does he want you to persevere? Why did he send his son that we might know we have eternal life and that he is with us? We can panic or we can persevere. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 and 9 says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardship we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure Far beyond our ability to endure. Far beyond our ability to endure. Far beyond our ability to endure. That's the kind of pressure that they felt. So that we despaired even of life. They were convinced they were going to die. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. We put our trust in the one that has overcome this earth, this life, for the joy set before him, and giving us victory at the cross. Paul suffered 
And in it, he learned that God could bring him through anything, even his death. And that's why he said in Philippians 4.13, what's Philippians 4.13 say? I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. That's a pretty bold statement, the Apostle Paul. I can do all things through Christ or in Christ who strengthens me. That's a very bold statement. But he had to learn that because he had went through so many difficult things, God could handle it. He could bring him through it. All right, did you write that down? Uh, uh, Suffering produces perseverance. Did you write that down? Now write this down. Perseverance produces character. Perseverance produces character. Uh, What's that mean? Well, uh, some of you guys are old enough to remember this commercial on TV. Watch this commercial. American tourists know that when your suitcase is out of your hands, it's out of your hands. That's why American tourists' suitcases are reinforced with strong stainless steel fibers and blocks the full screen without contact. Sure, you may be the one beginning, but it'll sure pay me. American tourists, it's not just how good it looks, it's how long it looks good. Right? The character, character, character. Now think about that. Remember, remember they used to do the uh, Timex commercial? Maybe you remember this old, uh, it takes a licking and keep on ticking. And uh, they used to do all kinds of crazy stuff in the 1950s. They would do live commercials on TV where they would uh, tape uh, the Timex watch onto an arrow and then fire the arrow through the plated glass. Or uh, maybe you remember that they strapped one onto the propeller of a prop and they put it in a tank of water and spun it around. And uh, maybe, maybe you remember that, maybe you've seen some of those things. And, and, but that's always the mark, right? They're tough. It's strong. It endures. It has, has this a kind of perseverance. And no matter what comes at it, it's... And so we, we look at those and we say, that's character. That's strength. That's, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to survive through the difficult times, through the hard times. We want to be like the American tourist or piece of luggage. We don't want to be like that other one. When the gorilla beats it up, it all falls apart. We admire that. We admire that characteristic in people when we know that they have went through something and that something did not break them, but because of their faith in Christ, they came through it, and they're even better because they went through it. We admire that. And that's why the Bible says perseverance produces character. Perseverance produces character. And this is why the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. Suffering happens. Um, just out of curiosity, I just wondered if this was really a relevant topic for today. And so if you wouldn't mind indulging me, just so I know who I'm talking to, um, just raise your hand if you've ever suffered. Just raise your hand. If you, okay. Yeah, it's relevant. Relevant. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And then finally, write this down. 
Character produces hope. Character produces hope. Trials are meant to increase our hope, confidence, our trust in God. That's why Paul was able to say, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. Character produces hope. Trials are meant to increase our hope. You can't have hope when you say, you can't be without hope when you say, I can do all things with through Christ. You have to have hope when you say, I can do all things. Listen to this. Here's a picture. Here's a picture of some sailboats. And uh, what's interesting about uh, these pictures of these sailboats is uh, they're in a race, right? And uh, there's one of them is out in front. But what's interesting about this, listen, think about this. You know that the wind, the wind is hitting all of those sails at the same speed, right? The wind is hitting all of the sails at the same speed, yet one guy's out in front and the others are behind. It's not about the fact that this force is coming, but it's about how well the one navigates what they are in. How well do you navigate in your suffering? How well do you navigate in your suffering? Think about uh, these things. When you go through suffering, you can face it. You can face it, face it with resentment or with gratitude. When going through suffering, you can face it. How are you going to navigate through it? With complaining or with Rejoicing. How do you rejoice in your suffering? Well, you have to know that it's building your character. It's making you into a suitcase that can survive the gorilla. It's actually making you stronger. When navigating the waters of suffering, are you going to worry or are you going to worship? My God's got this. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My God's got this. I can do this through Christ who gives me strength. And Jesus says, never will he leave me. Never will he forsake me. Are you navigating through the difficult at times with fear or with faith? Are you trying to do it all on your own or are you relying on God? Are you, is it self-dependence or self-surrender? God, I give my life to you. We need to say what Jesus said. Luke twenty two forty two, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. We need to pray. Dear God, make me a copy of Jesus. Make me more like Jesus. But when we pray, make me more like Jesus, we need to be obedient in Christian baptism. We need to understand that when we are baptized into Christ, the tempter is going to come and he's going to try and push us away from Jesus. And it's going to feel like suffering. But that's not a time to run inward and try to fill it, uh, f- figure it out all on your own or to feel sorry for yourself. That's a time to more fully throw yourself into Jesus and have him help you navigate the waters. So, 
for those of you that are believers in Jesus Christ, and for those of you that are Christian, and uh, for those of you that have been uh, long in the faith, uh, you, you write that stuff down, and you find people that are suffering, and you go alongside them, and you and you pull up your laptop, and you pull up the little YouTube video of the Gorilla commercial, and you show them that, and you say, uh, you know what, uh, Jesus wants to help you be strong in your suffering. You do that. But if you don't know Jesus... And you're not sure if he can help you in your suffering. I want to invite you to know Jesus. To be baptized into Jesus. To be filled with his spirit. That you will live for him. I've been talking to a few people at the church here about getting baptized. I think that there are people that are going to be getting baptized in the next few weeks. As they begin to think about that. Maybe that's something you need to do. Maybe you need to be baptized into Christ. Right now I'm convinced that God, through the Spirit, He's pushing on you. And uh, there are things that you need to do with this information that God has put in your heart. Let's just pray right now and ask that God would help you to be obedient to what He's calling you to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the life of your son, that we can look to him to see how to do life better. Help us to live for you, through your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're supposed to have it all